0: I gave the Lord some praise this morning, amen, amen. It's so good to be here, you guys can have a seat, you guys ready for the word of God this morning, come on, I'm not going to preach so you're really convinced, me. you guys ready for the word of God this morning? Alright, alright, amen, amen, well in reverence to that word of God, why don't we all just stand up one more time, I know I told you to sit down, I'm a little rusty, I gotta get back to the rhythm, so... We're going to open up our Bibles or look at our screens to Exodus chapter 13, beginning at verse 17. This is what the Word of God says. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with battle... They might change their minds and return back to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout. He led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like the army ready for battle. I want you to look at chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back. Turn back by Pi-haroth between Megdal and the sea camp. They're along the shore, across the Bell Shore. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have a plan. I have planned this in order to display my glory. Let me explain something to you. The Lord just spoke volumes to me here. God said, there's going to be chaos first. Pharaoh's going to chase you. You're going to be scared. You're going to be confused. You're not going to know what to do. But then God reassured Moses to reassure his children that I have planned it for my glory. Could God really use chaos in your life as a plan for his glory? That's why this morning I feel led to preach on this interesting subject and it's entitled Just Stay Calm. Just
1: come on, stay with
0: me. Just stay calm. Turn to your neighbor. Just stay. You might have to shake them and wake them up and tell them, "Hey, calm down. Just stay calm." As we preach the word of God, let me pray for it. Father, bless this word. Some of us, or maybe all of us, have come to this church and we don't know what it is to be calm anymore. Father, we panic, we live in fear, we're stressed. Father, sometimes it angers us to hear someone say, calm down. Would you speak to that person this morning? Let them know that what they're going through has been planned by you, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You guys can have a seat where you're at. Just stay calm. And I know when I say that, you guys might be thinking, Pastor, it is impossible for me to be calm right now. You don't know what I'm going through, so I cannot be calm right now. You don't know the things that I'm struggling with. You don't know who I'm married to. You don't know who I'm raising. You don't know the job that I have. It is hard to be calm in the environment that I'm in. In fact, calm is the last thing that I feel. I feel stressed all the time. I'm afraid all the time. I'm angry. And I don't know the last time I felt calm. And in this world, there's a lot of people that are beyond stress. They can't sleep. They have poor health. And it's breaking up relationships. And it's causing so much emotional bondage. So we don't really see a lot of people today, especially people in the church that love God, believe in Jesus Christ, but they're not living a life of calm. So when I read this in the Bible, I saw how the people of Israel, they left Egypt after 400 plus years of bondage. They were tired, they were struggling, they were a lot like you, they wanted something different, they wanted God to do something new, and they finally cried out, and God came through. And said, I'm gonna get you out of this, and I'm gonna bring you to the promised land, and I'm gonna do something new. And the people began to worship, the people began this to have this excitement as they left Egypt. You see them with the tambourines and the drums and shouting, how great is God! Man, God is so awesome! Our new lives are gonna be awesome. I can't wait to get to the promised land. I'm so glad God is doing this. Man, God, thank you. I'm finally leaving this place and I as they began their journey, quickly, that joy changed to confusion, to anger, and maybe even a little complaining. How many of you are good at that department in your life, complaining right now? Be honest, you're in the house of God. All right. got to pray for the liars in this room, too. But the truth is, The Bible says God was leading them. No doubt God was there leading them. But the Bible says God did not lead them. The shorter route. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, God, but the shorter route is better. The shorter route is easier. And this path will get us there quicker. And God said, no. You don't understand what I understand. You don't see what I see. See, sometimes we think we know what's best for our lives. Sometimes we think we know where we need or should be, but God, who is omniscient, everywhere at once, all knowing, all powerful God, He sees what you don't see. And out of His great divine love for you, He's going to prevent things from happening that you might want in order to protect you. That means doors are going to close, relationships are going to fall apart, jobs are going to be lost. You don't understand what God is doing, but sometimes we think because God is leading us, it has to be easy. Because it's a promise of God and a blessing, it has to be quick. I can't struggle. Struggle is of the devil. Not God. But the Bible shows us here that's just not true. There are over 5,467 promises in the Bible. Imagine that. And out of those 5,467 promises, not one of them says that the promises of God are always going to be easy and quick and without struggle. The truth is, God made a lot of promises to people in the Bible, but they struggled in their life. And sometimes it seemed like God lied. It sometimes seemed like God was confused. And even that God had abandoned them. You think about Abraham, that God promised him a child, and that child didn't come for 25 years. How many of you can wait 25 years for God to come through? I, I thank you for your honesty. God showed Joseph the promise of feeding the world. But Joseph went through slavery. He went through prison for 13 years. And God was silent. 13 years of nothing. When David was anointed king. And God told him, you're going to be a king, I promise you. That didn't happen till 15 years later and even the Israelites the promise of the promised land came after 40 years and some of us complain because it's been a month a year and I know what I heard and I know what I felt and I know God's leading me but pastor it just seems like God is taking too long And as I read this scripture, I realized, Lord, your promises don't come easy. And Lord, even though you're in it, even though you're leading, even though your presence is there, there's going to be some struggle. The Bible says that there's three things that caught my attention. It said that God led them first by a roundabout, a circle. And then the second thing in chapter 14 too, the Bible says that God told them to go back. Go back to Peteroth. And I'm sure there they were thinking, wait a minute, God, we just left this place and you want us to go back there? So God first took them around, say it with me, around. And then God took them backwards, say backwards. And then finally to the Red Sea where God got them stuck. Isn't God great? God was leading them and they were going in circles. And then they were going backwards. And then they were going nowhere. They were stuck. What a picture of our lives sometimes, and some of you are in that season right now, and you think God has left you, forgotten you, abandoned you. But the truth is, maybe you're in a season in your life, and you feel like God has you going around. You know what it is to go around? It means you're making some progress, and then you come back, and then you make some progress, and you come back. It's kind of like your diet. You do good, and then you go back. You do good, and you go back. Don't pretend. Don't. You know what I'm talking about? Some people say, man, Pastor, we're we're going in circles in this marriage. Just when I think we're getting better, we go back to the same problem. Just when I think we overcame this, we're back to it again, Pastor. You're going through circles with your kids and your teenagers, and you're thinking they finally got it, and then they do something dumb. You're like, "Ah, they don't. You're going in circles with your finances, Just when you think you're going to get debt free, just when you think you pay it off, it always happens. The refrigerator, something breaks. And then some of you are in that stage of backwards. You're just getting worse every time. You're making no progress. You're actually worse than when you started. And then some other people, they're just stuck. And it always seems like at this stage in life, you're asking yourself, where's God? I thought by now I'd be here. I thought by now you would have done this. I thought by now, but God, you say you have a promise for me. You say you love me. You say you're leading me. But it feels like lately I've been in circles, going backwards, and I'm just stuck. It's so bad. That God even tells Moses that Pharaoh's going to look at you and he's going to think you're confused and lost. See, the way I read this, God says, I'm going to put you through such a struggle that you're going to go around. Then you're going to go backwards. Then you're going to be stuck. And it's going to look like in your life... Everything's confusing. Everything is lost. You have no direction. You don't know what God is up to. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you might think right here, this is a time to panic. And God still says, stay calm. Well, well, Pastor, I don't know what's going to happen. Why do you have to know? Well, Pastor, I just feel like I need to know what, what God is doing. Why? But Pastor, what if? Well, what if? Is God still God? So in our seasons of life, it's going to look like we're confused. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. I mean, welcome to the last four months of our ministry. I was like, I don't know what God's doing. And people that I never heard from pastors that call me, hey, oh, now you're calling me. Hey, what are you going to do? I hate that question. What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. I don't know. And I'd pray, and I'd pray with my mom, with my family, and we're like, God, we're confused. We don't understand. God, where are you taking us? And I was like, God, I just don't know. And just when I thought... We finished the circle stage. And I man, we're getting this. We're getting better. We're going through a season of backwards. And hey, you got to replant the church. So we're in the backwards stage now as a church. Praise God. Praise Him right now. We're in a backwards stage. And guess what? We're going to be in the stuck stage soon. And we're saying, well, why are you so happy about that? Because of what God said in chapter 14, verse 4. He says, you're going to look confused. You're going to be lost. It's going to be hard. But God said it right here. I have what? Plans. I planned this. Can I explain how God works? God plans things in your life you never planned for. No one plans to get sick. No one plans to lose a job. No one plans to lose a child. No one plans to get divorced. No one plans to suffer. But sometimes God plans what we did not plan for. And maybe you didn't plan those setbacks. Maybe you didn't plan those struggles. And maybe you are going in circles, backwards, or stuck. But the fact that God told Moses in the middle of chaos I have planned reminds me that no matter what chaos we go through, as a church family or in your personal life, God is still in control. God still has this. I planned it. And he's setting it up. And when I thought about him setting it up, I thought about goldfish. And how many of you have ever purchased a goldfish in your life? Let me rephrase that. How many of you have murdered many goldfish in your past? All right. (laughs) I remember as a kid, we'd go through these guys like left and right. Enrique put one in the fryer. (laughs) True story, right, Mom? Yeah. No, he's not that good. All right. Anyway, you know what happened? I remember when I bought a goldfish as a child, the Lord brought this to my mind because you you got them from the pet shop, but it came in, in this bag. You guys remember that? And I was excited because I set up this beautiful fish tank with everything in it. Just like this one. I set it up. But there was one thing I had to do first before I can put them inside the fish tank. And that was get them adapted to the water. I had to acclimate them. Because I had to make sure that the fish aligned with the same temperature as that water. If I rushed it and just poured them in there, they will go through a state of shock and they can die. And I thought about that because I said, wait a minute, that's what God does in my life and He's definitely doing it in our church and that means He's doing it in your life. You see, I believe that God has planned He didn't just drop you off in the world and say, okay, good luck, see you when you're dead. He didn't just say, hey, go ahead, David, there you are. I'm going to drop you off in Hialeah, but God, where do I go? (laughs) I'm not my problem. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So the fact that God tells Moses, I've planned it, it shows me that everything in your life has been foreseen by God and therefore planned by him. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is that God has set it up for you. He has set up your life. He knows where you need to be. He knows what he's going to give you. He knows he has set it up. And you can see it, can't you? But then God grabs you like this goldfish. They named them Sammy and Delilah. (laughs) So God will grab you like I'm grabbing Sammy and Delilah. But before he can put you in the promise, in the setup, and everything he's planned for you, he puts you like this. And I believe this is torture because right now, Sammy and Delilah, they're looking and they're like, wow, this is better than Pet supermarket. We got our own tank. Look at the rocks. Look at the flower. We got a castle, babe. We got a castle. And they're all excited. And when they try to get in it, they get blocked. What do you do when you can see it, but you can't get to it? You can see yourself being married, but you're still single. You can see your marriage working out, but you're still thinking about divorce. You can see your children falling in love with Jesus, but they're still rebellious. You can see yourself in the promise, but you can't get there. And you're thinking to yourself, God, why? God, I don't understand. God, this isn't fair. But see, I do this to Sammy and Delilah out of love for them because I know they can't handle what I want to give them just yet. They need to go through a little adjustment, and acclimation. And just when I know it's right and I know that they're ready then finally God says now Delilah's in there, right? No, she's not. I don't want to kill her. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Sometimes you struggle. Amen. But you're going to make it. And it's messy, but you're going to get there. See how good I can preach? I can come up with anything on the spot. Amen. Woo! Anyway. <laughs> now they can enjoy it. After the adjustment inside them happened. Could it be that God is telling you this morning, I have the promise for you, but there's some things I need to change inside you first? There's some things I need to adjust. And let me tell you, in, in the goldfish kingdom, um, they adjust to the water. The water doesn't just adjust to them. What I mean by that, we need to stop thinking that God needs to adjust to us. We need to adjust to Him. That's how it works. And now Sammy and Denila are living the life in the promise bowl. And they're enjoying it. Because this right here was just a season for a short time. But you know how many Christians panic here? How many Christians lose faith here? How many believers give up on God here? In the in-between stage of the promise of God, you're thinking, God, this isn't right. God, this isn't fair. God, this is cruel. God, I'm going in circles. God, I'm going backwards. God, I'm stuck. God, I don't understand. But what if God is telling you right now, I'm just getting you ready and adjusted? I need to adjust that anger you have. I need to adjust that addiction you have. I need to adjust that temptation you're going through. I need to adjust this and that in your life. And once it's been acclimated, once it's been adjusted, then I will pour out a blessing on you, the Bible says. Sammy didn't understand it. Delilah hated me. I saw how she looked at me and she's like, you're mean. there was a purpose behind it. There's a purpose why you're in circles right now. There's a reason why you're going backwards. There's a reason you're stuck. The Israelites didn't know it, but God took them the long way because there were some enemies they weren't ready to fight. And God was doing it not because he was a mean God, but because he was a God of love, he was protecting them. But as we close, the Bible says in chapter fourteen, ten. I love this. It says that as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, and they looked up, they panicked. They panicked when they saw the Egyptians. They Panicked. Some of you, you're in panic mode right now. You're saying, God, I'm panicking. What are we going to do as a family? What are we going to do as a church? What are we going to do about this and that? You'll be surprised how many people can put on a smile and they're in panic mode. How many people can raise their hands and worship and they're panicking. And maybe you're here right now, you're listening on our podcast or online, and you are just thinking, How did I end up in this weird website? It's because God knows you're panicking. Listen to me, you're panicking. You're overwhelmed. And it seems like now God has led you the wrong way. And God has just led you to a place of being stuck. So they literally went from going around, going backwards, to now being stuck, and they're panicking. And God says in chapter 14, verse 13 through 14, he says, Moses, Moses told the people, don't be afraid. I feel like rewriting it. And and David told forward, don't be afraid. Stand still still. And my favorite part, and watch the Lord. I made a decision. I said, Lord, nothing I can do, so I'm going to stand still and watch you. Show me what you got. How many of you can stand still and just watch God work? Lord, help them. Because God says, still and when I read that be still I said I'm confused here God because sometimes we think being still means just do nothing be, be relaxed, peace I've heard it said yeah still means peace, no it doesn't it's the same word that we get in Psalm forty-six, ten, where God says be still and know that I'm God I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. God said, be still and remember who I am. Have you forgotten who God is? That word to be still is a Hebrew word that literally means to stop fighting and surrender. So when I read it, I was confused because I said, God, it seems like you're telling the people stop fighting and just give up. But no, God was saying something different. God was not telling the Israelites, hey, just give up. It's over. Don't even fight it. Because in verse 14 of 14, I understood what God was saying here. God said through Moses, the Lord himself... Will fight for you so God had to tell the nation of Israel stop fighting because I'm gonna fight so when I read that I realized what the Lord was telling me to tell our church stop doing what only God can do you're fighting something only God can fight you're fixing something only God can fix you're trying to change someone only God can change You're trying to get something that only God can get you. So God tells his children, stop fighting because that's my job. Have you taken the job of God? It's time for you to say, Lord, I'm going to be still and I'm going to surrender and I'm going to watch you work. And he says it finally here. He says in verse 13, Moses told the people, don't be afraid, stand still, watch the Lord, I'll rescue you. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. In other words, God says, what you're going through today, you're never going to go through again when I'm done. How many want that for your life right now? God, I want to... Finish this off already. God says, I will. When? When, God, when? When you stop doing my job and surrender it to me. God says, I'll rescue you. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. And he says in verse 14, Lord himself will fight for you. Just, say it with me, just stay calm. Can we stay calm this morning? Don't leave this church like this. Some of you look like Delilah, and you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. And I was like, no, I got you, girl, don't worry. That's what God's fanning. I got you, girl, don't worry. <laughs> Some of you look like that goldfish. But she could do nothing. But just wait for me to grab her. You know, that's what God does. You're like flopping around, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And God says, you're not going to die. You just think you are. I got you. Come on, let's all stand. Let's all come to this altar for our first Sunday as a church. Come on. Not only are we going to pray for our church, but some of you here, you got to stop fighting some things. So you come to this altar. I'm going to give you guys a minute. And then we'll pray as a church together. But I want you to stop fighting what you know you can't fight. Stop doing what only God can do. You're trying to change what only God can change. You're trying to make something happen only God can make happen. So it's time for you to just say, God, I'm not calm. I'm afraid going around. I'm going backwards. I'm stuck. And I know that you're just adjusting me. But God, it's a process I don't like. So tell God, Lord, I'm going to be still and surrender. You fill in the blank. Say, God, would you fight this for me? right now, just like this. Because the Lord is whispering through the power of the Holy Spirit to you. Just be calm. I know it's scary. I know you're panicking. I know it looks like you're lost and confused, but I have And I'm going to get glory from this. Whatever you're going through, I promise through the Word of God, He's going to get glory for everything I have gone through as a pastor. God gets the glory. Everything we've gone through as a church, God, you will get the glory. Whatever you have gone through in your life, God has planned for His glory. So trust Him. And just stay calm. Grab the hand of that person next to you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for our first Sunday. After four months of going around and going backwards and getting stuck, Lord, you're still God. You're still in control. You're adjusting us. You're getting us ready for what you have for us. We've struggled. We have fought, but we can fight no more. So Lord, we will stand still and watch you work. Prove yourself to us as you say in your word. As we surrender, and for every person here today, if you're honestly surrendering right now, just say, Lord, I surrender. Father, take every prayer today every petition, every broken heart, every confused person, every lost person, every person here today that's panicking and worried about something, Father, I pray for every person that's fighting and they're tired of fighting, Father, let them fight no more. I pray that you give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts, and keep us calm. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I love you all. Have a great week. See you all Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. And Sunday next Sunday.